0: Hello there, and welcome to Music Speaks. This podcast dedicates itself to how music impacts people's lives. We usually have three co-hosts for this podcast. My name, of course, is Sean Rakunis. My friend with the not white t-shirt is Hunter Segona, and my friend Mary Haddix with her glasses over there. And while we might be flying trio on this one, we are very excited to talk about how this many people have a playlist that makes their life unique through music. And we pride ourselves on building upon our musical knowledge with our featured guest jamming to incredible music, talking about a wide variety of artists and composers, dot, 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 and everything in between, like I said to Hunter, we should be paid by the dot. Yes.
1: (laughs) Ah, sorry. Uh, And the quote of the day, Uh, Sorry, I need to take a nap, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Um, But anyways, the quote of the day comes from Anna Nitrebko, and she says, there are two types of conductors. One is the good conductor who can do passionate music, but also listen to the singers and do the orchestra. And then there are great conductors who have their own opinion on the music, who are ruling everything and not listening much to the singers, but the orchestra play amazingly.
2: Mm-hmm. That's an interesting quote. I remember I was watching the Princess Diaries the other day, and she popped up as one of the performers in the second one. I'm like, oh, man, look, it's Anna the truck, truck. Um, So today we'll be sitting down with a return guest, teacher, performer, artist, and overall nice person, Alyssa Kamo. So without further ado, let's welcome her back to the podcast. All right, and we're back so, Alyssa, are you ready for some uh, discussion of your songs that you chose?
3: Are you ready? <laughs> I don't real know. I guess we're gonna only
2: time will tell.
3: These are these are good tunes. I I have a plethora of these wonderful little gems here.
2: <laughs> I will admit I didn't know any of these prior to this, so I actually that's probably a good um a good segue into the first one. Um, now I consider myself to be rather out of the loop, which is obviously not good as a teacher, but uh, wait,
4: wait, this, Hunter. You should you should tell her the acronym that you created for that. I like that.
2: What out of the loop?
4: Yeah. What? No, no. Tell her. Tell her what it like. Like the. How did you spell it out?
2: Oh yeah, no. I was. I wanted to make sure I said that. So I was like, I'm in my notes. I have. I might be O O T L. Oodle. <laughs> just so I remembered. Um, so despite being ridiculously out of the loop, um, I didn't recognize the name of the the artist. So, are they popular amidst this particular genre, or do you just happen to like this artist? And the Which song, for those who don't know, is "Sleep Talk" by Dayseeker.
3: Um, oh. this is a song that I found in the last like two years, and my my brother introduced it to me. He was like, "You got to listen to this," and I was like, "Okay." He's like, "I just like feel this song so hard, and I know you're gonna relate to it." So day seeker is a band that is similar to some of the metal stuff that I listen to, but I would, like they usually come up with other like punk metal bands. Like if you look them up on Spotify tunes, that'll like people that'll come with them is like, bring me the horizons. Uh, Neck deep is another one, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, people like uh, I'm trying to think because now my brain is like gone, now that I'm on the spot. Uh, like like punk emo groups, right? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say that you are Oodle, because these are, <laughs> to, to like find this, you'd have to be in this style of music. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta be in the know for it. Exa- yeah, exactly. Or you've gotta be looking for something similar to this to have it be like, oh, suggested for you type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really awesome. I love their combination of like some techno aspects with the like metal playing. It's also you can feel the passion in the song about what they're talking about and it's it's a bop. I run to this song all the time. Sometimes when I'm upset I just like my poor neighbor who will <laughs> listen to me scream the chorus because it's a little bit out of my range. it's a little high and when you hear him sing, you're like into the. Night. You're like, oh my god, that's a dude, it's <laughs> so high. That's um, like, and he, organic.
2: Well, it's it is crystal clear up there, so it's just it's really beautiful, yeah. Well, when I was when I when I started listening to it, you know, I, I guess in retrospect, when if I really thought about it after we did the when, last time you're here, we talked about um, when you were working on American Idiot, and so it shouldn't have seemed that out of the blue, and yet I was listening to it and I was like, whoa, I, you know, <laughs> I was like, that's really intense. <laughs> Um it is intense and what like expecting. and what it's talking about, right? Like oh, that was, that was into the night, question. yeah.
3: Like I drink and drive, anything to help me let go, let go. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I feel the pain. It's 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 such uh I had a conversation with some of my students this week about it. They all got to pick a song, it's called My Song Share Project, and they go into a Google slide and they make the slide about the song where they give me the title, the artist, the album it's from, and then why they chose it. And more than not the songs that we choose that make us feel like happy or like we love to listen to or just feel good songs are sad songs. Mm -hmm. And we talked about like that weird connection we have with like, maybe because it's relatable and like, we've been there and we know it, it just like feels good to have someone who relates or maybe it feels good to get something out into words that we can't do. Like for those of us who aren't songwriters or poets or artists who can't put it on a canvas, like that's our way like singing with the artist is how we get it out. And this song is very much like that. Um, the line that strikes me the most is at the end of the second verse where he says it's like it's a constant reminder of how i'm undeserving of you mm-hmm. it was like oh oh i think we can all relate to feeling undeserving of something in our lives and it's oh, it's i love it i i showed some of my kids this last year and they all added it to their playlists which was fun so
2: oh that's always cool when you're when you when you're like yes you should like, you know, it's like it's always good when they when they like something that you like, because it feels like, hey, then I introduce them to something. Um, you know, my my music, my personal musical tastes are obviously a way out in left field, particularly in the eyes of students. So like you, we were talking about with the last segment, you know, you'll play music as they're coming in to sort of set an atmosphere, that kind of thing. And so I either have, you know, now th- this is like really one side or the other. I either play um you know, like Glenn Miller or um, some of the, the dance bands of the 40s. Um, but usually the more mellow, mellow stuff. So then they are in and they're like, what are you, like 150 years old? Um, and I'm like, yes, as a matter of fact, I am. And, or uh, I really like Bossa Nova. And um, Bossa Nova is great. Is, can be, it's really, really calming. And, you know, they what's the first thing they say when they come in? They're like, elevator music. And you're like, yes, as a matter of fact. And <laughs> so I, I, totally, and then, but some of them wind up really liking it. And then like you said, you know, when you, and when they, when they're like, Oh, this is pretty cool. You're like, yes, I'm glad you like it. Um, but back to the, to my actual point about this was when a song like this, you know, the, I was watching the, the music video for it and it's a very strange kind of, uh, atmosphere that goes along with the song because it's this like, you know sort of seedy house party and you know they're they're talking about all these things that you're talking about where it's like there's clearly like a a depressive vibe not depressing but like the the character is clearly feeling some sort of depression or or like you mentioned unworthiness um why do you think uh these kind of dark feelings work so well for a genre of this style which sounds just like constant anger
3: Yeah. So when my brother and I got into this music, my dad was like, doesn't this make you angry? And my brother was like, no, it's like getting my anger out by listening to them rage. And (laughs) I think that's it. I think it's like, I don't know, you you get people who box, right? And so instead of like going and taking your anger out on somebody, you take it out on a bag or you like that physical thing of like running to like stress run anger out or people who weight lift because like that pain is better than like the pain they're feeling on the inside. Um, mm-hmm. And I I think it's something that is relatable across the board. Like everybody understands it. Everybody. And I, do, I actually do this with my students within the first like month of school and make them look to their left and look to their right and look at the human and like make eye contact with people. And then I have them all look at me and I say, raise your hand if you've ever been happy raise your hand if you've been sad, raise your hand if you've been angry, raise your hand if you've been hurt and like, et cetera, et cetera. And then I say, Mm -hmm. I want you to look around the room and like everybody's hand goes up for all these things. I'm like, because the person next to you understands what you feel. Maybe the situation is different, but they get it. So I think all of us understand that either loneliness or that undeserving or that you're stuck in a rut and you're just not sure what to do. So you just go and take a drive to like clear your mind because you're just like, wow, that stinks. Or like, that's horrible. Or, you know, I want this to be different. And the, the song is kind of a way I think to get out that emotion. I would say the same, it's the same as when you're listening to an opera and the lead the, like the big giant, like, Uh, aria comes out and that main character, whoever's singing the aria is either like so in love or so sad or lost. And then they reach the peak and the audience like cries. It's the same, (laughs) right? Like it's the, it's exactly the same. Or that classical music piece that you listen to from Beethoven. How can you not understand Beethoven's pastoral symphony number six, right? Like Mm. that opening movement where the birds and the flowers and like, yeah. It, it automatically like opens you up and you're like whoa yeah so I think it's it's the same in this style and genre of music, uh, it's just a little more hardcore or heavy or um, it's not masked. And I would say like Brahms didn't mask and neither did Stravinsky. Stravinsky like put it all out there for the world to see. Or um, Shostakovich man, like if you didn't feel what Shosti was going through in <laughs> some of his stuff, like he didn't do his job, but he did do his job. It's mm-hmm. it's the same thing, is what I would say. It's just a different genre. People connect with opera, people connect with country or that. It's just this is like heavy. And I think right. some people can handle I think it. That's some probably some people, the best it's like not their thing. And that's okay.
2: I think heavy is probably the sorry, there was like a massive lag. I didn't know what like because you were paused. Um heavy, I think it's probably the best way. I wouldn't, you know, if it, it's not inherently angry or whatever. It's just, it's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so now you mentioned a song that uh, we were going to talk about later, which I know Sean is now going to talk about.
4: That's right. And it is my job to talk about Part of Me by Nick Deep. And Alyssa, I'm not sure if you know, but the word of the years, and I'm going to put the word S in quotations around the word years in dma land for me has been the word aesthetic and i use that yes, word way too much and hunter is like yes stop it and hunter i'm gonna use it one more time here um which <laughs> which means um it, and when i listened to the song it felt sort of out of sorts where the singing didn't really meet the aesthetic of the song your thoughts <laughs>
3: Oh 100% the lead singer of Neg deep has such an interesting voice and it's like that's what I love about it honestly this song is a vibe and I would go with like your word of the years as being aesthetic. (laughs) Um, My students use that word all the time they're
2: like that's such an aesthetic and I'm like y'all. What is going on? <laughs> it sounds so. Pre- it just it sounds so pretentious, doesn't I know, it? I know, I know Sean I know. is not, but it just it it sounds is, like, so
3: pretentious. So like in some cases, there are specific aesthetics that are very present, and this song has it has a unique sound vibe that is different than what the lyrics are kind of talking about. So it's. Um, <laughs> Some of it has to do with his voice, honestly. Like his voice is like raspy and like yelly and it's uh, I talk to my dad about it because my dad's like, Oh, it reminds me of like this old nineteen like seventies singer. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Um yeah. it's it is like speaking with pitch, which yeah. I think is actually really hard to do. I'll paint you a picture with words I miss her. Right? Like it's it's mm-hmm. like scream singing. Um and it's it's just so interesting. It really is, and that's I think that's why I fell in love with it. It's it's punky, and it's the rest of their album is also like acoustic, and the acoustic album is really hard to listen to with his voice because his voice is so unique. But I love the entrance of the female singer and their harmonies, and every time I'm listening to the song, I go right to the harmony line, like that third above. It's way too high for my voice, uh, as our listeners can tell, because my speaking voice is like down here. So, <laughs> i like screech that stuff in the shower i'm just like way up there having fun with it um and that's like the the part of the song that really has like connected with me is the ending where they have kind of that fugue but that fugue of two lines happening at the same time Mm -hmm. where she is talking about like i fell for a boy who would never let me walk home that way because you've got to be safe Mm And it's like, oh, that's so sweet. And then he's talking about, um, I'll never let you, like, I can't let you go home that way. Like, you're, uh, I can't think of the lines right now. But the, the conversation is happening in real time with mm-hmm. two different melody lines that fit each other. Right. And it's really kind of, it's beautiful. It's right. talented. And it's, uh, it's fun. you just like, yeah. it's a bop. Right. <laughs>
4: two things one thing being thank you for stealing my questions for the second half of that uh, yeah and the first thing being yes. um i hope your upstairs neighbors is okay um you know it's also interesting like we we said it i don't want to use that word again like hunter said it is pretentious i mean i think the way it's spelled it, it's just it's just so like it's, it's like authentic. i'm better than you i'm better than other words than you Yes, that um, AE thing.
2: Yeah, it's, like, really, it's like, like
4: It's like get a get a get a life, man. Come on. Um
3: we so- should look up the definition. That should be part of one of your podcasts. Is like <laughs> a discussion of the word aesthetic with the like derives from the Latin blah 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 with a spelling blah <laughs> blah blah so that your listeners can understand. Uh mm. maybe it's not so pretentious. Maybe y'all are just being judgy. No, no. Hunters are judgy. I'll ask, Google go. to do
4: the, I'll ask Google to do the research for me. There you go. Siri.
3: And she, she got it.
4: <laughs> it's all about that uh, she her kind of thing going on. Um but I wanted to ask you which 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 means now um, it almost feels like a musical. You know what I mean? Like it almost feels like there was there was this really funny joke that that Seth Myers told a few weeks ago about how um, there is a Edvard Monk musical and he drew or he painted the, um, he painted the, the scream portrait, right. I believe. Yep. And apparently there's a musical called dear Edvard. And, uh. and the, the, the joke is that instead of so the, the joke is that the criticism about the musical is that you didn't get tickets to go see dear Evan Hansen instead, because you thought it was for dear Edvard. And it almost feels like this, this would be a really good song for Dear Edward because there's so much screaming involved. Um, nice. So I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you, like, there's, there's so many different voices in this. And then the, when the girl comes in, it actually does match, I'm sorry, Hunter, it does match the aesthetic. Um, so, so your thoughts about maybe the end of the song or, you know, your overall thoughts about that.
3: I think that the inclusion of the female voice completes the song mm-hmm. because he has his, like, he has his version of it and I think the song that that makes it relatable to its to it the fans of neck deep and the fans of that type of music is that you get both perspectives of the same story. So at first it starts out with like his perspective and what he was going through and what's going on and um we still talk like every day but we don't talk in the same way that we used to i'll move on and forget you is like what he's saying we could never see him eye to eye but either way i like her because she's smart headstrong and independent right like so he's talking about from his perspective what has happened to like make this dissolve a little bit and then she comes in and tells her story mm-hmm. um about uh how they're moving away and it's like He protected her and she is ready for like her time to like leave this place type thing. And um honestly the only way I can remember all those lyrics is if I sang through it the entirety right now. (laughs) I can't I can't quote her part of the song without actually like going all the way through it. Um Mm -hmm. and then, then the ending is where they both tell the story at the same time.
4: Right.
3: So you hear his perspective of the falling out and like why he likes her, and then her her perspective of the falling out, and then like a a mutual thing where they fell for each other, but like there are things that are going to happen that like, we're going to end up like, I'll still sing for you. That last line is like, I'll still sing for you. I'll still sing for you. And it just kind of ends with this idea that even though you're going to move or this is going to dissolve, like you'll always have been like, she'll always have a part of me. Right. Like they'll, mm-hmm. that relationship has left its mark. Right. So it's, yeah. It's
4: just, like, fun. I get that. Um, Hunter has a double-decker coming up. I don't usually give him a double-decker in many episodes, but back-to-back episodes are pretty crazy. So, Hunter, here you go.
2: Sure. So, uh, the the next one that I have for you was actually, I think this is actually going to be Mary's, was... When the Sun Rose Up This Morning by uh, Stephen Feigenbaum. I don't know if that's how you say it, Feigenbaum. Sounds right to me, but don't quote me. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) Stephen. We'll consult him later. Um, So this piece was very different, obviously, from the others because this one is a a very choral. Well, it it is a choral piece. not very. It is a choral piece. And I got to say, I really like the swells at the beginning, so sort of almost it almost gives you the envisioning of some of a sunrise um, or helps you to envision a sunrise. And I, I always like a good choral piece to me. Like I, I'm not a choral conductor. My musical expertise, if you want to call it, that is all instrumental. So when I hear a nice uh, choir singing with with you know nice round tones and, and, and in harmony, well, that are, you know, on pitch. I, it's it can be really really beautiful and I think this song is have you gotten to sing this piece or have you conducted this piece?
3: Uh, I've conducted it. I didn't sing it. So this song actually has no. a story and that's why it's so important to me and why I love yeah. it. Um, I had taken some kids to the New Hampshire All State Festival my second second year teaching and the guest conductor for the choral group and so of course like we're instrumental folk here right so mm. my spe- specialization is clarinet i specialized in instrumental music right so um when i got into the teaching profession my first year teaching in 2013 i was given band and choir and i looked at the choir and went uh <laughs> i don't know what to do so every time we had a professional development or a conference i i dove into choral stuff and i fell i fell in love with it i was like wow like there's nothing more intimate and beautiful than having you you are the instrument and you are the vessel in which music is made and that you can you can physically be the song you're singing uh-huh. so i joined the choral committee for the all-state festival that year and so i was there helping like i did re-auditions with the kids i because the way New Hampshire All-State works is they audition and then they show up for the day of the concert and then they re-audition. And if they haven't learned the music enough, they have to actually be sent with their teacher separately to learn the parts better. And the idea is that by the time all of these high school kids gather with the guest conductor, that the conductor can just meld and doesn't have to do note punching or any of that stuff. So I liked did re-auditions. I stayed with the choral group. I made sure that they got like I was a bus chaperone. I was the hotel room chaperone. And this year, their guest conductor was Dr. Tressa King, who works with the Boston Children's Choir, who is a phenomenal educator. And if anybody listening is looking for uh, young, mixed, talented voice music recommendations, he is phenomenal. He is the guy you want to like look into and see what he talks about. Um, fun side, little plug, the Massachusetts Music Educators Association on their website has virtual conferences from last year where they are recorded and accessible to anyone. If you go onto their website and go into it, there's actually one where he talks about this like we sing program type thing um, where this female musician has written beautiful choral pieces for mixed ages that are easy and attainable for all different ages. Um, So he's he's just a beautiful man doing wonderful things with vocal work right now. And he chose the song and I got to sit in rehearsals and listen to him talk about it. He also brought Steven in a web chat with wow. the choral group so that they could understand what the song was about. Um, and the, I loved it so much. And in the, the audience, you could feel you could feel those swells and you could feel the peak of the song to a point where like, I think everyone in that audience cried through that performance. Um, Because they also did another song that I love, Horizons, that the King Singers do. Um, So I took this tune back to my high school choir, and the next year we did that. And we did it with body movement, where the kids actually, I had my basses and tenors in the middle. I had sopranos on one side and altas on the other. And they all faced... like the two sides, on, it was a gym. We were singing in a gym and they were all on the floor. And I had one group facing towards the right and one group facing towards the left and then one group to the center. And as they started, they sang like not looking at each other. And then as they, like they moved in closer and then faced forward for like the peak of the song. Oh, that's cool. So it was like, it was one of my favorite concerts to do with the kids and they all really connected to it. And then we sang it in stairwells and hallways to allow for some of that know remaining sound to, to affect yeah. us so cool so that's uh that's why I love the song why I chose it because I have experience with it and then I also love it because of its meaning it's, it's very powerful and moving and beautiful and for any of us who are poets inside which I secretly am I'm, I'm a closeted poet I don't share my poetry with people um <laughs> I get it like Shakespeare I get I understand Shakespeare when he writes it and I understand poets and um, I think that's why I also understand music really well, is because it's an internal thing that I feel. And the poetry of this song, Steven did a fantastic job putting it into musical language.
2: That's pretty cool. That's neat when a, when a composer's vision, uh, especially if the composer is also a lyricist, um, is able to express their vision in a way that really is able to get across to people. Cause you know, there's some people who, you know, or some composers who write something and, you know, some people say, yeah, I get what he was going for there, and others are like, I don't, I don't understand. Um, Well, I think it takes time, right? Like, this
3: tune, it takes, you have to, I think you actually have to be told the story to, like, understand, Um, because it is so unique. So the idea that the first verse is like when the sun rose up this morning, I was smooth as a pebble. I was fresh as a river when the sun rose up this morning and it is light and lovely and wonderful. And you feel like joy almost
2: Mm. because
3: the idea is that when you wake up, everything can be in its place. You feel happy. You feel warm. You feel settled. And then the next verse where the men come in, the male voices come in, um, at the, uh, when the sun goes down tonight, or when the stars come out tonight, I'll be tough as a saddle. (laughs) I'll be tired as the prairie when the stars come out tonight. So it goes from this idea that you can wake up in the morning being fine and jovial and wonderful. And then by the time the nighttime comes, something could have erratically changed in the middle. And so much so that by the end of the day, your life is completely different. Um, And I, I love the line, um and you can't imagine darkness when you're all awash in light and i can't believe in night when the sun rose up this morning um it's just like it's out of this world harmonies that explain that story um i don't know how true this is because it's been a couple of years but i believe when the story was told the song was written under the impression that um, a father had woken up and that everything was fine and by that night found out that his daughter had died in a car accident and that's what exactly. I believe the story, that's like what I believe it's about. I believe it's about that process. Um, don't quote me on that, cause I'm not sure, but that's, I think that's the best visual for people to understand is like, you can wake up one morning, everything's in place. And like halfway through the day, you get that phone call or that uh-huh. thing happens that all of a sudden your world is on fire and things are different and you don't understand. Um, and it's, it's just so lovely. It's such a lovely tune. Uh-huh.
2: That is, that's, that's really cool. Uh, it, again, it's, it's neat when someone can, can express that vision in a way that can speak to and be understood by people, it, you know, whether it's after they know the story or not, it, it somehow comes together. Um, not like, you know, sometimes we're abstract artists, something like, you know, you, some people get it, even if they know it, they still won't get it. You know, it, it's, it, it depends, uh, which actually is interesting because the next song I feel like is so emotive that it's less about an image, more about just a feeling that I think it conveys really well, which of course it has a story to it. Um, I I can't say that I know the story, but it's clear that there's something happening here. But I feel like the tone of the song is meant to convey an emotion rather than uh, like tell a story, which the next song is, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, Dulaman. Yeah, Dulaman, yep. Performed by the by Celtic Thunder.
3: Oh, so, Celtic
2: Thunder! My my heart goes out to those men. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's clearly an homage to Celtic tradition, if that were not obvious um, from listening to the song. And you know, it, it has this very off um, this off kilter metric uh, switching that I think gives it a very quote unquote Celtic feel for those who are familiar with any sort of Celtic music. And what is your connection to the song? Do you, do you know what the title's referring to? What are they singing about? Or is it the, the feel that you know most? Oh, boy.
3: This is a good, this is a story. So I heard, I found Celtic Thunder when I was like 10. My, it was like PBS. I was just cruising through TV. <laughs> nice. And PBS was doing one of their like, sponsor the group. And like, it's a live concert with like, we're expecting calls from you to help, like, become a member for $250 and get the all package inclusive Celtic Thunder CD set with DVD, right? Like one of those things. Yeah. Um, And one of the first songs that I heard from them was called, it's uh, 1915. It's uh, December 1915. And it's a story about uh, World War One, where the Christmas, like armistice, kind of happened like the so it was christmas eve and they all stopped fighting in the trenches and they actually got together and like drank and it was like this beautiful story and i was like ooh that's like moving and wonderful and then i heard some of their other songs and they do some covers and there's like a really talented group of irish um i I don't know if any of them are scottish actually like talented singers and their musicians the flute player is, is remarkable like all of them are just insane musicians who are telling stories about like celtic folklore and stuff so that's how I got introduced to the group. My mom bought me tickets. I was the youngest human in the audience when we went. <laughs> when I was 12, everyone else was a uh, salt, pepper of the hair. And then it was like me and my mom. Yeah. Um, but oh, so good. A couple years ago, they had a, another album release. And I started listening to it and this song came on. And I don't know what it, maybe it was the meter shifting. Maybe it was the beat. Maybe it was the way that they were singing. And then all of a sudden this like, 10-year-old kid comes out and like rips this beautiful high line um it's all in gaelic and i showed my students we talked about it i was like i love this song it's so fun listen to the meter and then one of my kids is like what's it about we looked at it it's about seaweed yes (laughs) it's like this storyline about like some like this girl and collecting seaweed and like literally doulaman is like seaweed. Literally the <laughs> translation is like seaweed. So when you hear the, the chorus it's like doulaman doulaman doulamana fit again big it's like seaweed 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 she's collecting seaweed it's like <laughs> it's not the most emotive of storylines, but that's okay because you don't really need the lyrics to fully do that. Um but it is like it's a it's a Celtic folklore lore story and um, the original folk tune of it is totally different. And if you want to hear the original, they actually have, and a uh, Celtic Thunder doesn't have it, but there are violists and singers who sing the original melody line. And it's very different. No meter change. It's very um, modal. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's just, it's lovely. It's absolutely wonderful.
2: That's neat.
4: And because,
2: yeah. I, don't know, I was going to say, it, it's neat that. Um, you know, someone can take you know with these songs that are you know the Celtic tradition, the Gaelic tradition is so old. I mean, it, it it's they say possibly um, older than the Romans, older than the Greeks, and so some of these stories transforming over the years, of course, have, have been changed over time. But it's interesting how it can now evolve into the next form, right? Which is this you know Celtic Thunder style, um, which. It, maybe will evolve in the future, but point being is that the story itself might've been around a long time and everyone's interpreted it a little bit differently.
3: Oh yeah, and I think for, if anybody goes and listens to it, this version of it, you definitely have to like pay attention to the like flourishes by the winds. Like the flutes and the harp that come in, like make it absolutely, um, like it's moving. That's the thing that gives you the emotion aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, like, you get to hear all these different voices singing of the different men. Um, and really, really sad. I think the year after they did this, one of their lead singers passed away. He had, like, a heart attack. Um, wow. We, like, we, I miss him. He, we, well, I mean, because I knew him personally. You know, I miss him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, <you> He <laughs> was, <just>,
3: like, a <laughs> beautiful voice. Uh, very operatic, very deep, very uh, unique. Um, so, uh that's off to that man who's looking down on us from heaven for sure um, but they all the different voices fantastic um, the storyline is it's a storyline yeah you know, it's like any composer who takes a tune and does their own arrangement right like they did their own arrangement and the the quickness of the beat and the meter change and the the winds going mm-hmm. and like hitting all of them and it just it's a dance. Yeah, I did. I, I did like, know that
2: the, the flutes were pretty cool. Um, I w- like a flute could be really good if it's utilized properly. I mean, you know, some people think it's a little bit, it's a little bit uh, too high pitched, but I think for the most part, it's pretty universally liked. we were actually just talking about that with a previous guest. I don't remember which guest it was, but we were saying that the flute tends to be well liked and it, ha- it can be used in so many different ways. I mean, Jethro
3: tall, man.
2: I know. But I was I gonna say like that is definitely <laughs> one extreme. Who would have thought? Right? It was it seventies rock? beatboxing flute players have you seen those videos i show my kids
3: that all the time and then they come back the next day trying to like it's funny
2: (laughs) and you're like no just just don't
3: i I tell them if they can master it at night they can do it and if they can't do it tonight then they can never play it again oh there you go that works exactly that probably
2: cuts that off right yep that's pretty
3: funny i'm waiting for the one kid who
2: actually does it because it's going to happen someday yeah and then they're going to do all the time you'll be like why would i have ever said that Mm-hmm. like I was up for 7 hours trying to do this.
3: Or or we start a beatboxing flute ensemble. If we get one kid to teach the rest, I'm in. Let's do it. Mm. <laughs> hey,
2: if it works, right? I don't know if you can get to do it. Um so that's pretty that's that's neat. It's a, it was a cool song. I enjoyed that one a lot. Uh so now speaking of older traditions, oh, I don't even know if that has anything to do with it, but the next song is called Wilderness, which I know Sean is going to talk about. I was thinking in my head Wilderness. You know, the seaweed and I was
3: and that. that, that didn't. <laughs> the a connection it, and of songs.
2: It. I mean, hey, your segues are prime. So like, just finding oh, another segue you. that
3: just like, whoop, is beautiful. Hey, I appreciate that. I, I mean, that, I, I, I try that sometimes.
4: I mean, that's why he paid the big bucks. That's why he's the master of segues, <laughs> ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, so the only title I get. Yeah, he is the master of segues. Um, so the next song we're going to talk about is called "Wilderness" by John Bryant um my couple of notes before i asked you a question was i wrote a sean smith type that has a very very quaint very small voice but also very like um explorative um you know when you listen to the song i felt that it was very
2: i thought you meant you sean i was like (laughs) what are you talking about i was like.
4: Wrong spelling. In, yeah. See, in, in what you car- don't know
3: is that there's like, there's hidden trumpet back in his voice. That's what he's yeah. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and,
4: and Alyssa knows that there's only one way to spell the word Sean. So, sure uh, do. Yeah. <laughs> and a Sean Smith type, as I mentioned, uh, when you listen to this song, Alyssa, do you find it to be more meditative or do you listen to it when you're on a slow walk?
3: Um, both but i'm also the weirdo who listens to when i run because even though sometimes you need like those hardcore songs to help get you through um because running has become meditative for me that sometimes throwing a song like this into running can be really helpful um i i trained for a half marathon a couple years ago and while i was running like eight and ten miles uh i had to like you you find that it's freeing for your mind because your body has to go and you're not thinking about anything. Like you're just, you're picking up your legs and you're just, you're cruising and you're stuck for like two hours and it just, your mind just grabs things. So for me, this song kind of can be played at any time. Um, Sometimes when I'm like cleaning or decorating, it's on one of my like forget the world playlist. I have this playlist called forget the world, which is where most of these tunes are coming from actually. And it's when I need to like tune out and just like be in my moment. Um, or I just, I'm looking for like feel good songs that are encouraging or, um, things that like, just like hit the spot. So cleaning, baking, walking, running, um, long car drives, like introspective car rides. It's his voice is, is softer and timid and it's, it is pure. Mm. I would say this song is very pure. That chorus line, um let me show you how you should never be without it's just it's cool so let me take your hand in mine and it's Mm -hmm. it's so wonderful and sweet and kind and storytelling and um, passionate and that's what i like about it it's delicate which is very different than some of the music that i listen to
4: (laughs) it almost sounds like part of that part of this world as you were singing from little mermaid
3: oh it is a little bit (laughs) (laughs) um
4: you know what's also interesting is i mentioned that i thought it was very ethereal and earthy but i guess that just draws to the title of wilderness in that way Um, i also
3: find that like folk artists are earthy they have this they have i don't want to use grungy but like because grunge is its own style, right? Like grunge has its own like music, yeah. but it does have this um, this this earthy, rustic, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the smell of moss is what yeah. I think of, or like you're you're literally walking wow, through the so forest.
2: Specific,
3: right? <laughs> you,
2: can't, you can't tell 100% me. Accurate.
3: Right? I was gonna say you can't tell me that that smell isn't earthy. I was gonna say dirt, but like, who wants to smell dirt? But it's
2: more than just dirt. <laughs>
3: right it has to, it was, there has to be life in it right yeah. like moss has life and like it feeds off of the water and um you know you're in the middle of a like a rustic forest with that um it's called cottage core these days it's a cottage core mm. aesthetic <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. uh you triggered me with that word so now now <laughs> yeah. here you go
4: um, um it's always nice it, when yeah. You know, it's also nice when Alyssa, you're you're describing your new nature documentary, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's so interesting because the song is is so different, and and you know this about me. I'm also a poet. I'm a I'm a slam poet. Um, I get down with lyrics. So if so, if you don't mind, I'm gonna read a little bit of the lyrics um, in a non oh, non non-tra- yeah. traditional way. So, like I mentioned to my listeners last time. Feel free to snap, feel free to clap, feel free to pound your feet after I read this. have some
3: bongo drums.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you be the the bongo drums, Alyssa. But here we go. Oh, the moment that my eyes fell on you, I asked my heart to stop giving in too soon. And oh, the moment that I first heard your voice, it was the perfect pitch in a world of noise. (laughs) Um, stay with me tonight. Let your senses lose this fight in the open wilderness of love. Let me show you how you should never be without. So lay your weary hand on mine and I'll show you who this hand beats for. Oh, the moment that you graced my hand. Oh, I felt the tides. Your thoughts. Oh
3: yeah. Oh yeah. All the snaps, man. Um, that's why I love it. I I have always found musicians, I don't know what movie this is from, it's from some Hillary Duff movie where she goes to a school for music and she's a singer and she's like overly emotional and people are like kind of messing with her and she's sitting out on a stoop and her teacher comes over and the guy sits down and goes like, musicians feel things at a greater level than other people.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's
3: like, and that's okay. And like, I've always resonated with that like super hard. Yeah. I've always understood that you know, I emote, maybe not always externally, but internally, in a way that I feel like is beyond what the average person feels. I feel things heavier, I feel things thicker or lighter, um, and music has that way of doing it. And so does in poetry and art. And I think some like artists understand when they're literally putting their soul into paint and oils on a canvas, or writers feel it in the words that they put it into. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of people, I think, even like bakers and chefs who are like putting their soul into their flavors. Like we can, I think all of us have that thing, but for me, it's music. And I think music transcends a lot of things. And so those lyrics, that's it. And I, I think his, his poetry and the the connection of like falling in love with someone and like, let me show you. So that idea of like, if you could see yourself through my eyes is like what he's trying to say, Mm -hmm. like, let me show you how much i care for you let me show you how beautiful you are and it's accurately portrayed in the music and his singing and it's soft and gentle and sweet mm-hmm. and that's mm, i love it so much
4: yeah me too and i i feel like when i listened to it i was able to you know and i feel like i know you pretty well that i felt like when listening to all of these songs instead of it just being a playlist it almost felt like a journey of music that you went through on your own um, Which I think is also really beautiful, too. So I think um, a lot
3: of us do that. I think a lot of us find music that represents our life story. And if you put it into a playlist and that playlist becomes like your life. Um, I know some people who don't. But um, for me, it is. It is very much emotional and connected and personal and about like my life and my journey and moments or things I wish I had or things I want or things that I've lost and have enjoyed or moments of introspect and reflection. So it totally is part of my journey.
4: Right, and I'm so glad that you were able to share this with me because it almost feels like that's a great segue into the the next song, which which allows me to talk about here, Hold You Here uh, by This Wildlife. you know, when I listen to it, I know that you are someone who loves love. And I know you are someone who is just so passionate about sharing love with others. And And I think that, that that's just a wonderful quality to have in someone. And especially, especially you. Um, tell me your little bit of journey through this song and, and, and what that was like. Because I know that the music video was very... And it's it's so interesting seeing the polar opposites of... Of, of, you know, we, we once talked about some really, not heavy metal, but we talked about sleep talk almost like maybe like 20 or 25 minutes ago. And now we're talking about a completely different genre, a different feeling of music. What does this do for you?
3: So this, this song is 100% part of a musical life journey that I've experienced. Mm-hmm. I was introduced to this group maybe five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were at warp tour. I had, mm. I had heard their name. I had heard some of their music, but, um, there was a, a person in my life who was very special to me and we were going through a hard time. And that time was when I, I really dove into their first album, which is called concrete or this might not be their first. Um, but it was the, the first album that I was, I really fell in love with. And in the album, there are like three songs that are really like connective to how I felt with that person and how we like, we we just like fit and like we work together um the the two songs are called no more bad days um and uh better with you mm. and the opening line of um no more bad days is i thought we hit rock bottom and then the floor gave out right and that it was like so real and then like the verse came out and like when the verse was there um you know it was about because because my legs are strong, my arms are stretched so long, I'll always reach for you. And then there's a bridge where it says, like, resilience is my promise. So that's where I got to, like, introduced to their style. Um, And then I went to Toronto to see them live, which Mm -hmm. was a whole lot of fun, because their sets are just beautiful and wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this album came out, uh, like, a couple years ago. And so I dove back into their music um, after, like, a breakup with this special person. And was, like, really hesitant about it because of all the memories with that person. Even though the breakup was, like, mutual, it still doesn't hurt any less. Um, And I dove back into this album and this band and started really listening to it. And understood why I love them so much. So, fun story, these two guys were actually in, like, a five-person punk band. That was pretty good. Um, They never, like, hit red jumpsuit apparatus level. Uh, But they... uh, But they... They did pretty well, they had some good tunes, but then these two broke off and did their own set and became this wildlife. And considering that they were metal artists or punk artists, their voices are really sweet and kind and pure. And their guitar playing, their finger picking is fantastic. Uh, And they inspired me to get really good at guitar actually. I started, I learned some of their tunes and like can can play three or four of them pretty well. And they, this song specifically, is is like unrequited love or the not really but the idea of just being living in the moment Mm -hmm. living and loving in that moment that you have because that moment could be gone the next second or that moment could change into something else so if i could just hold you here forever hold you here Mm -hmm. i'd never need more i wouldn't need anything else um and that's that is the song that is the the feeling that is the the thing we can all connect to is just living in that moment and i appreciate all your kind words about uh loving and living in the moment and it's definitely something that i uh i I blame my faith for because it's something that has inspired me to just love everybody and give them as much kindness and compassion as i can um and this song talks about that is like just being in that moment because you never know because you, cause, cause you because you do,
4: and I, I think that's just a wonderful quality to have. Um and people can get blamed for it a lot. They can say, you know, that is just too much love. But I just say that's just Alyssa Camo. That's just that's just who she is person. Um I guess my final question before we finish up here is is what is your piece in the in the puzzle for this song?
3: My piece in the puzzle? Um yeah. well i have the history with the band so like because i've been listening to them for a couple of years i i try to follow them and see what they actually just released another album recently uh so oh, you should yeah. to take a like everbloom or um i think it's everbloom something with bloom Bloom's in it so uh Orlando bloom. <laughs> oh, 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 don't get me started <laughs> 13-year-old awakening moment I was watching that man and Lord of the Rings and Pirates of the Caribbean. I was like, oh, I, uh, I divulged. <laughs> um, my, my puzzle piece with this tune is that I can relate to it a whole lot mm-hmm. and how um, beautifully sung it is. And it's something that you could like belt and you could never belt it too hard because you're just all of the emotions and things that you feel and all of the love that you want to spread and all of the, the peace and gentleness just radiates from his voice and from the guitar playing and having understood that moment and been a part of moments like that in my life and being able to look back at my life and feel you know content with every journey and every path that i've taken and every emotion that i felt and and struggle and being okay with that and knowing that as i move forward i just hang on to these moments sometimes these days i've been singing from Into the Woods, oh, if life were only moments, like it just comes out all the time. <laughs> uh, because it's true, oh, if life were only moments, then you'd like you'd never know you had one. So, like, hold on to these mm. moments, right? So, right, yeah. uh, Stephen Sondheim, man, yeah. always forever, R.I. the R.I. genius.
4: I know, yeah. um, you just broke Mo- Hunter's mind, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um. Maybe one last question, which which is, the song does, does talk about love a lot, um, but it does in a really great way where it's not corny, because I feel like a lot of love songs can be corny. Um, how do they do that without sounding or at least making it corny?
3: Being authentic mm-hmm. and being who they are. I think like sometimes when you think about a love song, you might go to a place where like what's pop or hip or what you think people are going to like. And if you don't do that and you just stick true to you, you just tell your story. Um, why we share the story. Yes. And like once on this Island, uh, when you tell your Uh, own story, you can do it in a way that feels real and true and authentic. And I think authenticity is what people love and don't think is corny. And sometimes like I'm going to quote a movie. And the movie is The Holiday, and it's Kate Winslet, because I wish I was Kate Winslet. Uh, <laughs> this guy says to her, like, well, it's a little corny. And she grabs his hand and goes, I could use corny in my life. And mm. I think we could all use a little corny once in a while. Um, mm. Authenticity is really what we're looking for.
4: Right. Well, Alyssa, you are known. You have been discovered. You have been available. You have been such a gracious part of this podcast. And we thank you for sending all of your thoughts and details on the first section, and on your songs. And if you like these podcasts, please think about subscribing, and if you would like to contribute to this podcast, please consider going to anchor.com and search Music Speaks Podcast. And if you are interested in doing a specific podcast, please write us at musicspeaks.pod at gmail.com, or send a snake to slither all its way to Hunter's House at Eradicated Information Avenue, and no way I'm giving you my zip code, Sean. Okay. And this break will be sponsored by uh, Diversify the Stand, the book, The Winds of Change. On the way, and we'll be back in 30 seconds, so don't go away.
2: Hello. We were previously connected to two outstanding musicians from Diversify the Stand, Ashley Killam and Dr. Carrie Blosser about their new musical endeavor called Diversify the Stand. Twelve composers joined Diversify the Stand for our first solo book entitled Winds of Change. Commissioned for this project, each composer allows the performer to explore their musical voice in this progressive trumpet solo collection.
4: This book provides accessible educational pieces by living composers for players of all skill levels. These works are appropriate for players in their first few years of study and more progressively for advanced players. Perfect for any trumpet soloist, their works are ideal for performance in any setting, including school solo and ensemble, contest, competitions, recitals, and more. We are very excited to let you know about this product, and hopefully the first by the stand will let you know more on their website and check out for their book, Winds of Change.
1: The end of our podcast with Alyssa Kamo. It has been just a, an absolute pleasure having her on this podcast. Um, I one thing I love about being on Music Speaks is there just are so many incredible women that I get to meet, uh, that have just made so many uh educational bounds. And um hearing Alyssa talk about um what she does with stressful environments has really um made the inside of my head feel you know a little bit uh better maybe um i'm hoping to use some of what she talked about maybe to help my own Uh, Days and I hope that you guys found something and this conversation to inspire you as well and I didn't know any of those songs um, Before so this whole playlist like rocked my world. So it's been a fun episode Um, But she's been such a pleasure and you know, maybe she'll be on again. It would be great to have her back Um, So again, thank you Alyssa for taking the time to be on Music Speaks today. It's been a pleasure
0: and I believe that it's next time we will all sit down with my best friend, Nick Herrio and we'll see you next time. And for my friend Hunter, who just jumped off the screen, I'm Sean Acuna. He's Hunter Segona,
1: <laughs> And I'm Mary Haddocks. Keep listening to what you love.